Welcome to the Rock of Grace Warren podcast. I want to thank you for joining us. I hope this message inspires you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. It's like Mocha House French fries. I love their French fries. Also, is it, what is it? Sun, I always get it wrong. I think it's sunrise. I always say sunset, but their Alfredo is like, it's pretty good. So, you know, just so you know. We have some exciting stuff coming up here at Rock of Grace. Um, like I said, my name is Monica. My husband, Andrew, is the campus pastor here. And actually, he had an opportunity today to go and preach for one of our spiritual mentors. And so he's spending the morning. He was here earlier today, got everything set up and going for us, and then went to preach at Metro Assembly for one of our, like I said, our spiritual mentors. So we're excited he has that opportunity to go and be there. Um, but he wanted to make sure you all knew that he loves you all and can't wait to see you all next week. So we have some exciting things coming up. One of those things is our August sermon series beginning next week, and it is Teach Us How to Pray. So teach us to pray. And going along with that, we have our prayer night on August 10th, and that starts at 6.30. It's right here, 6.30 to 7.30. It's one hour. Not very long, doesn't take too much time out of your day, but I just encourage you, come out. It's a little bit of a midweek, just kind of time to reconnect, um, talk with the Lord. And you can find more information about all these events at events.rockofgrace.org. The next uh, announcement that we have is called Rockabilly Ruckus, and it's a youth fundraiser. So if you are one of the people who are like, man, the youth today, we just need to do something about it. Here's your opportunity. Here you go. So from August 12th to 14th, they're going to be there. Um, They're going to sell drinks and also invite people out to church. So it's a fundraiser that will help the youth group be able to do a lot more things throughout this next year. So it enables them to offer some scholarships, do some really incredible things for the teens. Um, But they need some workers to just show up and help serve. And they'll have all the supplies, everything you need. Just go ahead and sign up for a shift to be able to help them with that. That would be a big help. We appreciate it. Um, One of the things we did on Saturday, we were able to be a part of the Sleep in Heavenly Peace. This was their largest build a day yet. Do you all want to know how many beds were put together in a span of three hours? You ready? 54. 54. Yes. Isn't that incredible? There were over 100 people there um, showing up from different places in the community, all three of our campuses as well, and 54 beds were assembled. The lady was hoping that they would make 40 that day and ended up making 54, being able to organize stuff. So if you guys were a part of that, thank you so, so much. Each of those children are going to be so blessed by that. The next event, which I'm really excited about, is go ahead. We're going to go ahead and play that video. So 
That is our women's retreat, and it is September 23rd and 24th. The deadline to register is August 14th, and this is just going to be a time of refreshing. That has been my prayer, so go ahead and register on events.rockofgrace.org, but if you're um, the person who shows up and serves faithfully, maybe week after week, maybe month after month, maybe you have a stressful job, maybe you are a mom of littles, this is a time for you. It's two days, so only one night. They can do without you for just one night. Two days for you to be able to spend time in the presence of Jesus and with other fun people like us. So it's going to be fun. You're going to want to be there. Your meals are provided. It's all included in the price. Meals, lodging, and transportation. We're going to get you down there. I'm going to drive the van, so we'll get you down there. Um, it's going to be fun. So really, um, deadline for that, like I said, is August 14th, but think about it. Husbands, go ahead and nudge your wife. Go ahead and make sure she gets registered for that and tell her that it's okay. You got it. You can cook dinner once or twice on your own. I'm thankful I married a man who can cook. Can I get an amen? Yes. So I don't have to worry about that at all. He's good at that. But, um, before we get ready to launch into the sermon, I just want to take a second. You guys know we have three ways to give our offering. Um, the first is the giving boxes that flank the two back doors back there. There's two black boxes back there. You can drop it in there at any time. There's envelopes back there for you. Second is on your Church Center app, and I'm happy to help with any of that. And you can also give online at rockagrace.org. So those are your three ways to give. I will go ahead and say a prayer, and then after I pray, we're going to give it over to our very own Pastor Greg Eby, we're happy that he's here to share the word today. Pastor Eby is actually the father of one of my best, best friends. So I say she's my BFF for life. So I've gotten to know Pastor Eby for, well, he's gotten to know me really because he's older. So <laughs> more, more years. And so I'm excited to hear what he has to say. They just have a heart um, for the Warren area and this campus. So we're excited to have he and his wife, Mrs. Eby here today. Susie, I should say Susie. <laughs> But let me pray over our offering, and then I'll hand it over to Pastor Eby. Father, we thank you that you have blessed us so that we can give to others. Just pray your blessing upon those who give today, that you would multiply the offering, that it would go to exactly where it needs to go to further your kingdom. In your precious holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, it's great to be home today. Um, but I'm thirsty. Man, I am like really parched. Excuse me just a minute. I don't know what your thirst condition was a moment ago, but I am pretty confident that right now you are a little bit more thirsty than what you were because you just watched me get refreshed with a little bit of water. And boy, was it good. You know, we don't think about thirst very much until we are really, really thirsty. When was the last time you were parched? I mean, you were desperate for some water. I mean, we've got lots of things that, you know, we try to satisfy our thirst with. You know, we were drinking our coffee this morning. But you know, coffee actually causes you to become more dehydrated than satisfying your thirst. Same thing with your favorite cola. You end up actually getting thirstier when you drink that stuff. Not to mention if you're diabetic like me, the damage the sweet ones might do. Anyway, that's an aside. 
They, they tell us, uh, doctors and people who are a whole lot smarter than me, that you can live for three days without water. That's if you're fully hydrated, and few of us in this room today are completely hydrated. That means in as little as 24 to 48 hours, if you don't have some water to drink, you are liable to pass out and be at the point of dying because your body is craving something to drink. We're going to focus this morning on spiritual wells in a dry and thirsty land. Whatever your natural thirst may be, my prayer is that today your thirst for Jesus, number one, increases because when you have a thirst for God, He will never leave you wanting. We have a God who will satisfy your thirst and your desire for Him. We are going to look at some spiritual wells in a dry and thirsty land, and we're going to use the story of Isaac in Genesis chapter 26, uh, verses 17 through 25, to just kind of set the stage, and then we're going to look specifically at five spiritual wells that we need in our lives. So I better... Uh, get this train moving, okay? So Genesis 26, if you've got your Bible, whether you have a tree version, you know, that's the old-fashioned paper version like Happy's got down here in the front. Uh, that's an antique, Happy. Um, but, it, you know, it's, it's got God's Word in it. Or you've got an e-version and it's on your phone or tablet. Uh, hold it up if you've got Genesis 26, if you found it. You know, it's right there towards the beginning if you've got the tree version. It should be pretty easy to find, yeah. All right, so... Isaac departed from there and encamped in the valley of Ger and settled there. And Isaac dug again the wells that had been dug in the days of, his, uh, of Abraham his father, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the names that his father had given them. I, I want you to realize, first of all, as we begin this journey that we are all on a spiritual pilgrimage. Isaac was on the same journey that he had watched his father Abraham take, and he came to some of the same places. And when you are on a journey, when you are on a pilgrimage, you will get thirsty. Elbow your neighbor and say, are you thirsty yet? Are you thirsty yet? I hope you're beginning to get thirsty because when you are on this pilgrimage, you will get thirsty. But God is taking us on a journey that will take us home where we will live with him forever. We're going to see that that's where Isaac ultimately ends up is he ends up back home. But as we are on this journey, you need to realize not only are you going to find that you get thirsty along the way and you need refreshment, God has shown you where the refreshment lies. Did you notice Isaac came to the same places that his father Abraham had gone to and he dug up those wells and he gave them the same names. 
the same places and the same things that his father Abraham needed were the things that Isaac needed. And what you need from Jesus today, hear me on this, what you need from Jesus is not something new. It is something that has been available and that those who have gone before us, our spiritual forefathers, they have drank from these wells. We don't have to wonder, will God provide? We just need to find our way to the place where refreshment will come. So that's setting up the story. Let's continue to take notice of what happened with uh, Isaac, because those wells, they needed to be dug up because the Philistines had stopped them up. It points to the fact that we will face some opposition. Are you thirsty yet? Verse number 19, when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a, a well of spring water, the herdsmen of Gier quarreled with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of the well Essek because they contended with him. Then they dug another well and they quarreled over that also, and he called it Sitna. You know, sometimes the Lord is going to direct us to dig a fresh new well. Okay? Rock of Grace dug a new well here in Warren. And I want you to know there is a spring of water that is bubbling up that is available for anybody who's spiritually thirsty to come and drink here at Rock of Grace. You see, it's not that they said, you know what, we're going to provide something new, something different. It's the same water. It's the same spiritual drink. It's just that sometimes we have to dig up a new well because God wants his message to be relevant and timely today. But whenever we are digging a well, there will be enemies who will oppose us. That we will face opposition. The Philistines stopped up the wells. They covered the places where Abraham found the refreshment that was needed, and they tried to prevent anybody from going there and getting any refreshment again. But Isaac knew where to dig, and he found what he needed. And there were times when he said, Hey, guys, we're, we're a little bit away from where Dad was. We need a well here. And they dug, and they found water, but there was opposition. The herdsmen of Gear said, the water is ours. You know, sometimes the opposition comes from within the church, from those who are, you know, who, sh who, who should be supporting you and upholding you, but they say, hey, we've never done it that way. I want this water instead. I want to go to this well. I like it better this way. Th this, isn't, this isn't ours. It's, it's something else. It's strange water. But the enemy will also try to claim it. He will try to take what is ours that God has given and provided and take it from us. And there will be a contention. But I want you to hear this. Isaac didn't stop digging. He kept struggling. He kept 
pressing forward because he had a thirst that said, I'm not going to give in to my enemies. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to find the water that God has provided. And so he moved on, verse 22. He moved on from there and dug another well. I mean, can you imagine being one of Isaac's servants? Hey, this is well number three. I am tired of getting down in that hole. I'm tired of working so hard. Isaac, I think it's your turn to get in the well. I think Isaac might have gone out and gotten in the well that he would have dug with them because when you're thirsty, it pushes you to act. You won't just sit idly by. And so Isaac and his servants dug again another well. And notice, they, those herdsmen who were contentious, they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth, saying, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. Hear this, rock of grace. There is room for you. There is a place for you. God has ordained and God has brought forth a well and said there's room. But no, you know, look around. I mean, you know, it's church on Sunday morning. There's still more room. There's still more room for those in our community that as we reach out, we can say, hey, are you thirsty? And uh, they'll begin to nod their head, yes, they'll acknowledge, yeah, I've been trying to fill up with, with the things of this world. I've been trying to fill up on other stuff, but I am thirsty. There's room for you at Rock of Grace. There's room for you here to be refreshed in your spirit. Are you thirsty yet? Verse 23, Isaac's coming home. From there, from Rehoboth. From there he went up to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him in the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Fear not, for I am with you, and I will bless you and multiply your offspring for my servant Abraham's sake. So what did he do? So he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord, and he pitched his tent, and there Isaac's servants dug a well. When you read the story of Abraham and uh, of Isaac, you realize Beersheba is their home because it is a place that Abraham had been before. That after Abraham took his beloved son to a mountain and would offer him as a sacrifice unto the Lord, but God provided there so that that mountain was known as the place where the Lord would provide, that when Abraham returned home to his wife, he came back to Beersheba. God will take you home. God will meet your need, and God will provide for you. And I want you to know that when you come home, when you come to God's house, that's what we refer to as the church, when we come together, I want you to realize there is spiritual refreshing here for you. God's not going to leave you thirsty in this, on this journey. You can find satisfaction for your soul. You find what you need. And so Isaac built an altar. I am so glad that when, when I have uh, watched online, uh, I have seen 
Pastor Andrew calling people to the altar. Because the altar is not a place that we judge one another. The altar is a place where we come to meet with our Father, where we come to have our needs met. I want you to know that we have an altar. And I want you to know that just like Isaac and his servants there at home dug a well and found water, that with this altar there is a spring of living water that flows up so that when you are thirsty, whatever it is that you have need of, I don't care how big you think the need might be, I don't care what it is, what's giant that you are facing, when you are thirsty... You'll be refreshed here. You'll find what you need. Because there are people, like we're going to be here on August 10th to pray. Guess what we're doing when we're praying? We're digging the well. We're clearing the debris that the enemy would want to try to stop up into that well again so that we can't get the refreshment that we need. Dig the well. Because God will refresh you told you we're going to look at five wells. Now, we need to be digging spiritual wells in our lives, not just here at the church, but in your home, with your family, in your neighborhood, with, with those who live around you. You need to have wells that you can draw from when you need refreshment. Because what did we, remember what we said about dehydration? You can live for three days without water, and I believe that if it's true naturally, it's true spiritually. You will begin to become thirsty and dry and be nearing death if you're not drinking regularly. That means you better show up here 24-7 every day of the week to get a drink because it's the only well you know of. Or you need to do the work to dig the well in your home, in your neighborhood. Yeah. So five wells that we need to dig. The first one is the well of the fruit of the Spirit. You guys have spent the month talking about this one, but I want you to realize right from the kickoff, and I'm sure Pastor Andrew has mentioned this, when you begin to dig, he probably didn't call it the well, when you dig the well of the fruit of the Spirit, it pictures the reality that there is always an enemy that is there to stop up the well. An old, uh, well, just let's, uh, she's, she's with Jesus now. A woman had a statement in which she said, the bucket of the mouth will speak what is drawn from the well of the heart. I would, uh, I would add to that that your hands and feet do what is drawn from the well of your heart. You see, because as the scripture says in Galatians 5, 16 and 17, Paul tells us, walk by the Spirit. Come to the well of the fruit of the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Your bucket is going to go in and find fresh water, not salty, sour water of this world, but you're going to have good things to say and good things that you're doing because it's led of the Spirit. But the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. And they are opposed to each other. The opposition that Isaac faced is not something, I mean, it's still there. We still face it. 
And so they're opposed to each other to keep you from doing the good things that you want to do. Anybody this week struggled at all with something? It's like, well, I wanted to do or say this, but I ended up doing that instead. No surprise there. That's called life. That's called being in this world. But you have to choose, what well will I drink from? If you don't have the well of the fruit of the Spirit, guess what? You're not going to be very sweet to be around. You need more of Jesus. But I just want to point out, you know, it says, uh, and Pastor Andrew and and the team here at Rocket Grace, they did a great job communicating uh, how to have the fruit of the Spirit in your life. But I just want to make this one point. We are digging one well for the fruit of the Spirit. We are not digging a well of love and another well of patience and another well of self-control and another well of uh, long-suffering. No. There is one well. But the fruit of the Spirit is not the fruits of the spirit. We have the grocery store mentality that says, you know, well, I'll take some bananas and grapes, but um, I don't feel much like oranges or, uh, you know, tomatoes a fruit. I really don't want tomato. That's not true of me. I like any food that's red. Okay. That's my favorite color to eat. But we make choices. Don't pray for patience because you'll get struggle. Do you want to be more like Jesus? Love is patient. Jesus is patient. I think we ought to pray for patience because it's part of the package. There's one well. So let's dig up and have the fruit of the Spirit available in our lives. Secondly, we need to dig up the well of salvation. Are you thirsty here this morning? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there is a thirst that that maybe you've not been fully aware of. But it is a God-given thirst that you are looking for God in your life. And the scripture tells us it's very easy for you to come to faith. Churches and religious people and pastors and theologians try to make it hard with all kinds of steps and things you got to do to be saved. But Paul told us it's real simple. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will what? you will be saved. You will have something to drink. Your thirst will be satisfied. You see, because what is in your heart, if you believe Jesus was raised from the dead, well, if you believe he was raised from the dead, you also believe he died, was buried, and golly, he died for me. I'm the sinner. I'm the guilty one. He was innocent. He took my place. But God raised him from the dead so that the life that's in Jesus can be in me. And when that belief, when that faith resonates within you, guess what? You can't help but say, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my God. Isn't that what Thomas said, the doubter? That after Jesus' resurrection, when he appeared to him, And Jesus said, hey, go ahead, Thomas, put your hand here in my hands and and see that it's me. Put your hand in my side. What did Thomas do? My Lord and my God. Something changed in him from the inside out. 
God will bring that change. But when we dig the well of salvation as a church, I want you to know it's not just that you can continue to be refreshed in the joy of your salvation. It's that we realize we have something to give because the well of salvation is for whosoever will. That's our purpose. Jesus came and said, the Son of Man comes to seek and to save the lost. What is his purpose is our purpose. As he told his disciples, just as the Father sent me, I send you. Dig a well. Dig a well of salvation and invite people to come and drink and find satisfaction for their souls. They're thirsty. They're going through a dry and a weary land. They're trying to fill their life with all the stuff of this world, and they think they found happiness. They think they've found what they need, but you know better because you've come to the well and you've drank. You've received life. You've received wholeness. Now share it freely. You have received. Now freely give. We need to have that well available. And so dig up again the well of salvation. Thirdly, we need to dig up the well of Christ's second coming. Notice when Jesus had spoken with his disciples there on the Mount of Olives in verse uh, 9. It says, when Jesus had said these things as they were looking up and staring, uh, or, or he was lifted up, and a cloud took him and out of their sight, and while they were gazing, <laughs> because they're in disbelief, uh, do you see any ropes? Are there any strings? Are there any guide wires? How, how did he go from here to there? Uh, I don't understand. There appeared to them a couple of men in white garments and said, Hey, guys, this same Jesus, say same Jesus. We're not looking for a different Jesus. We're looking for the same Jesus to come again. And as a result of that, the apostles and the early church had an expectancy that Jesus could return at any moment. In Jude, uh, he writes of the prophetic word of the apostles that in the last days there would be scoffers and there would be people who would try to lead you astray but continue to contend for the faith, remain faithful because our Lord is coming. I want you to know today it has never been laster than it is today. How many of you know time doesn't move backwards? Okay, I mean, you know, hey, we were running late for church. I would like nothing more than to be able to move the clock back and have gotten here on time today. But I can't go back in time, contrary to Marty McFly's belief that he can get back to the future, okay? No, we are always moving forward. Time will stand still for no one. It's never been laster than it is today. If the apostles believed in the first century that Jesus could come at any moment, why is the church not awakened and aroused with an urgency that today could be the day? Dig it up because when we are aware and conscious of the reality that Jesus is going to come, first of all, it's our blessed hope. We can endure the trials and the difficulties and the hardship, the junk that this world continues to throw at us individually, in our communities, against nations, all the stuff you see in the news. Hey, spend some more time in God's Word and less time on Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or whatever your flavor might be. You will have more hope. 
Look up, your redemption draws near. We're looking for this Jesus. We need to dig up that well of Jesus' second coming because not only will we have hope, not only will our thirst be satisfied, but it'll give us an urgency that we must communicate this message before it's too late because the day will come when the day of salvation has passed and God's judgment will have come. Fourthly, we need to dig up the well of miracles, the well of healing. Jesus put it very simply, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I did and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Whoever believes in me. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you really believe in Jesus? If you believe in Jesus, don't take my word for it. Jesus said, that the very works and miracles that he did, let's see. Jesus caused blind eyes to be opened so they could see. He touched lepers and they were made whole. He spoke to those oppressed by demons and they were released and set free. People who were crazy were put into their right mind. Golly, Jesus even spoke to the dead and said, wake up. And they came back to life. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you'll do the works that I have done and even greater. Well, we got a pill for that. You should go see your doctor. I, I'm not opposed to going and seeing your doctor, a psychologist, you know, those who can help it with different issues. But it's time to come to an altar every now and again and pray and anoint people with oil and lay hands upon them, as it says in James chapter 5, that they will be healed. Let's dig up that well. Wouldn't you like to be refreshed with the testimony that, hey, I was sick, but I came and the elders of the church prayed for me, and I'm not sick no more. Amen. Greater works. Jesus promised that at the preaching of his word, these signs would follow after, that, they, that miracles would confirm and prove that that is a true word, that that is something you can rely on. Are you thirsty this morning? Well, number five, this is the last one we're going to talk about this morning. Dig up the well of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus told his disciples in Acts chapter 1, he said, John baptized with water, but you will be what? Baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, we believe in baptism by immersion. Remember your baptism. We're not looking for a little sprinkle, a little dabble, do ya? I want you to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. That you are covered with God. And that God fills you. When you take a breath, you're not just breathing in air. You're breathing in the wind of the Spirit. 
the breath of God because you're immersed in him. John baptized with water. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 7, it is not for you to know the times or seasons. The apostles were asking, you know, well, Jesus, are you going to set up your kingdom now? You were dead. Now you're alive. The Romans can't stop you. You are invincible. You are a superhero. Let's, let's all go to Jerusalem and you can be king now. It's not for you to know the time or the seasons that the Father set by his own authority. We're just like the disciples 2,000 years later. Jesus, will you do this now? Could this be the moment? And Jesus says, don't worry about that. Now is the time for you to be filled with the Spirit because you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus will still empower you to be his witness. Say witness. Jesus does not empower you to be his prosecuting attorney to go out and say, Happy? You are a sinner. You have fallen short. Look at all the bad things that you've done. Jesus doesn't need you to convince people that they've done wrong. The Holy Spirit has already shown them. They know what their sin is. Likewise, Jesus does not empower you to be his defense attorney. Yes, we are supposed to be ready with an answer for our faith, but Jesus doesn't need your help. He can stand on his own two feet because he's not dead. He is alive. We are to be witnesses of the fact that we... I was dead in my sins and transgression, but now I am alive in Christ. I am simply telling my story. I am a witness. This Jesus that lived, that came as a man, God in the flesh, he lived a perfect life and he died for me. He died for you. And what he did is made it possible for my sin to be forgiven, for me to come to life. I am an empowered witness. They... They can argue about their sin and whether it's right or wrong because everybody has their own opinion about those matters. We've made truth relative. They can argue about Jesus, but they cannot argue your testimony, your witness. Do we still struggle? Yeah, sometimes we meant to drink from the well of the fruit of the Spirit, but we drank from the well of the flesh. We got angry. We said some harsh words. Would you forgive me? You know, Jesus is working to change my life. I, I said I did some things that are not in character with the person he wants to make me to be. Help me, even to the non-believer, help me be accountable to be a loving person. That's an empowered witness. Not, not to say, happy, you've got problems, but to say, happy, I have some problems. Would you help me to be accountable to Jesus? Because not many of us want to share our dirty laundry. 
but that's the truth of who I am. I still have some dirty laundry. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit empowers me to be his witness, to testify Jesus is changing me from the inside out, as Paul said in Philippians 1.6, that he who began the good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus our Lord when he comes again. He's, he's, he's doing a work in us. Are you thirsty yet? Are you thirsty yet? With the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you will dig the well of salvation. Jesus said that when we come to him, that he would give springs of living water that would gush up like a geyser from within us, and we would never thirst again. We have so much that we can share it with others. Let's begin again to dig up these spiritual wells. With the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we not only will be able to invite people to come and be refreshed at the well of salvation, but we will be aware He's coming soon. It is the Spirit that enables us to call out Abba Father, Daddy God. And we have a longing to be with Daddy, to be in his arms and let him, let him love us face to face. The Spirit will help us know, yeah, he's coming soon. The Spirit will put us in tune with miracles, gifts of faith and power. Because it's not natural to believe for miracles. That is a God thing. Because it's not us who does these things. It's the spirit of Jesus in you that works miracles. When Jesus was here, he could only be at one place at one time. People would come from all over to come to Jesus because they heard there's a well. There's, there's some living water that Jesus has, and I need help. But when Jesus went and sat by the Father, and the Spirit of Jesus went into his people, Jesus could be anywhere. When you're in the marketplace at the grocery store, Jesus is there with you. And he will give you faith to speak to the person before you or after you that they could have a miracle right there at Giant Eagle. What better place? They shall mount up with wings as eagles. <laughs> Come on. The baptism of the Holy Spirit will cause us to want to come to these wells and dig deep to not allow the enemy to stop them up because we're not digging with human strength or human power. We're digging with the energy of the Holy Spirit. Are you thirsty yet? Is there a longing that's growing within you? We sang these words, Holy Spirit, come. We want
waters and find a refreshing that this world can never give. Holy Spirit, come. We want more of you. Awaken us. Awaken us. The, the church is asleep, unaware that we face a spiritual pandemic of dead faith. Awaken us to a living, vibrant faith that as we drink, as we are refreshed, we can refresh others. We're longing for you, oh God. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I don't want to make it hard for you. Believe in your heart that Jesus is raised from the dead. Confess that he is Lord. I don't have to lead you in a prayer. You can do it right now in your seat, in your living room, if you're watching on Facebook at home. Just confess he's your Lord. Tell somebody, I believe in Jesus. He's made the difference in my life. He satisfies your thirst. If you've never confessed him as Lord, I invite you in a moment to come and find a place of prayer with us here at the front there are some of you who you've confessed him as Lord. You, you have come to Rock of Grace for some time. This is your home church. You, you've found refreshment here. I want you to know today that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for you. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in an unknown language, a supernatural work of God that you are immersed and covered with Jesus, he's here to baptize you. But I want you to know it's not a once and done thing. If you've been baptized, but you've not prayed in the Spirit, if you've, if you've not been refreshed in your soul, Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 14 that he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, is building himself up. If it's been a while since you've drank from that well, today's the day you need to come and say, I'm thirsty for more of you. I'm longing for you, God. So I want us to open up these altars whether you need to drink from the well of salvation, whether you're here today and you have a need in your body and you need a miracle, there is water that will bring healing and miracles today. If you've grown complacent and you're more, you're more concerned about the news and events that are taking place, it's time for you to come and drink and think again. We have a blessed hope. He's coming. But the key is to just be filled with His Spirit. Let his spirit immerse you. Let's all stand together. Father, as we are here together as your people, and as we've come, Lord, to be refreshed, we have need of you. May we, Lord, find what we need here in this place today because you are faithful. God, we're digging wells because we come thirsty, but we're not going to leave that way. We will leave refreshed. I invite you to come right now as we just begin to lift up this song to the Lord. We're here to pray with you. You can be refreshed in this time, this moment. It's for you. Let's come.
If you enjoyed today's message, there are a couple things I would love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also help us reach others by investing today by going to give.rockofgrace.org. And thanks again for joining us on the Rock of Grace Warren podcast.